0: People in Exile, where we have conversations, host interviews, discuss books, and engage with the Bible to help believers live out their faith in an unbelieving way.
1: this episode of People in Exile. I am your host for this episode, Chris Chambers, and I am joined, um, as usual, up until about a month ago. Uh, who we got here?
0: I am the Ben Ellis. The Ben Ellis, yeah.
2: I'm Andrew Chamberlain. Actually, Andrew Chamberlain. Uh, actually, mm. wow. Okay. Ben,
0: thanks for breakfast this morning. Yes. Hey, you guys are really welcome. It was very it's a privilege good. to serve and give you coffee and sandwiches. It was delicious. Yeah. They were delicious. I needed
2: I something. Go. I was feeling a little blah. Yeah. yeah, man.
0: I slaved and I worked hard over all of them. Like, waiting for that drive through was rough. Yeah. was rough. <laughs>
1: We appreciate it. We appreciate it. So we are in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. We're still uh, uh, trucking along here. Uh, plugging along? Trucking along? I think. Trucking Tr- truck is good. All yeah. right. Very good. So, uh, in truck our...
2: stick. That was Madden, wasn't it? Was it? Truck. Yeah, you oh, yeah, with yeah. the running back. All right. I got to get focused. We are all over the place. So last
1: uh, episode, we spoke about uh, verse 31 and 32, uh, about divorce in particular. This week, we're picking it up in verse 33 in this episode. It says this. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So that's what we are. Uh, that's the text we're taking a look at um, this morning. Again, we're in the midst of this. Uh, the six examples that Jesus gives mm-hmm. after he says, uh, "You know, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, your righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees." And then he goes on to uh, give us six examples of what he means by that statement, and this being the fourth of those uh, those six. So,
2: where do you want to start? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and and uh, kind of pose a question to to kick it off, but might be a more of a form of a comment, so we were chatting prior to starting about how this comes from the married. like we flow from marriage uh to this, right mm-hmm. and and he says, don't take an oath at all." And I want to kind of put that to you all and think through it for a little bit. Obviously, he's not saying, don't get married. And we don't we're not trying to play word games like, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. OK, well, marriage isn't an oath or what, you know, I don't know. But anyway, what's Charles thoughts with that from the standpoint of is he is he making a blanket statement or is it more specific or uh, what kind of oaths we're taking versus just don't do any kind of committed statement at all? What are y'all's I th- thoughts?
0: I think one of the things that's important as we think through all these examples in, in the, the life of, of this sermon uh, is that Jesus is deliberately attacking places where the the community has begun to wander away from the intent of the law in the first place right now we know marriage marriage was the intent for humanity even prior to the law right because we have adam and eve and we have their consummation of their marriage in in chapters 1 and 2 of of genesis so so i think we see that marriage supersedes some of that, right? Because it was, we were given the law because of the fall. We weren't given the law or we were given that portion of the law because of the fall. The only law that we had pre fall was don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right? So I think that there's a sense in which marriage because of its reflection of Christ in the church really kind of supersedes some of that idea. But at the same time, I think that marriage as a covenant, uh, carries a greater weight than a general oath and i think that's it's the misuse of that oath that idea that i can say something and call on a, an authority greater than myself and in that way make something more true or more honest or more you know insert insert thing yeah. here and I, yeah. so i think that's kind of where and again not to play word games just like you said but to, i think that's where some of the some of the chips land on that one
2: now i, I think the challenge with that text is for me is he says if, correct me if I'm wrong, and I think you're reading probably from an NSAB e- or ESB. ESB yeah. yeah. he says, don't make an oath at all. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yep,
1: you're not taking an oath at all.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, like, if we think through those words, that's a pretty substantial statement. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and I think Ben did a good job there. Obviously, you know, he's not, I mean, he just told us how to be married. So it's not, you know, it's not <laughs> right. like those kind of things can't happen. But I would just want to know what he's really referring to, so... So, Because he's saying if, if you take an oath, correct me again if I'm wrong, but he says if you do take an oath, it's, it, that begins from evil. Or, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, there I, at the end, yeah, yeah. 37. What,
1: what I wanted to do is just re- remind us as we're going through these six examples, he follows a pattern, right, in each of these examples. He says, you've heard it said, or, you've heard it said to the, the ancients or right. those of old. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then he says, this is the way that it was taught, right? The scribes, Pharisees, this is the way it's been taught. Uh, and then he says, but I say to you, Right? and then he and then he follows that up by uh, explaining this is the original intent of the law this is this is this is what is proper and so if we go back and look at that so he he, he says uh, in particular uh, again you have heard that it was said to those of old you shall not swear falsely but you shall perform to the Lord what you have uh, sworn so that is that's the uh,
2: statement that's the statement yeah. that he's trying to correct
1: correct yeah, okay. yeah. And, and so we can go back and look I'll, I'll just I got a few uh, Old Testament uh, uh, passages here that, that he may be pulling from Exodus 27 uh, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God, right? There's mm-hmm. one that we could look at Leviticus 19, 12. Do not swear falsely by my name. And so profane the name of your God. Numbers 30 verse two, uh, when a man makes a vow to the Lord, uh, he must not, uh, uh he must not break his word. And then mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 23, 21, uh, last one I'll use here. If you make a vow to the Lord, your God, do not be slow to pay it. Um, so we have this idea in the mm-hmm. old Testament through and through, uh, 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 of, of, of making proper vows, and um, go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say that I think, you know, especially as you read those verses together, I think it really it really kind of, I help, I think helps us land on the idea that this is a passage about personal integrity. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you shouldn't, it's almost as if to say like you shouldn't need all these right. other things, which is why at the, uh, you know, towards the end there in verse yeah. 37, he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yeah. Just be the kind of human that when, when somebody says, uh, hey Andrew, can you help me with blank? And Andrew says, "You know what? No, I'm I'm busy at this moment, and I and I just do not have time." And then you're out playing golf. You know, it's it's kind of yeah. like so it's kind of like that idea of being a, be a person of integrity in whatever you're doing.
1: So you follow know? that through real quick. So just think about wh- why that would be the case. Uh, if I say, um, "Hey, I'm going to do X," um, and then you say, "You swear you're going to be there." Uh, I swear to blank uh, that that uh, sure. I'm going to do X. Well, what's the whole purpose of me saying I swear to? Oh, okay. Well, he's serious. I know he's serious now. Right. He really no. means what he was saying, as opposed to uh, not simply he simply said yes and that wasn't sufficient, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. And and, and and while I'm in agreement with that, I'm still going back to that point. He says, "Don't make an oath at all." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the thing mm-hmm. that I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out is what type of oaths are he is he. Well, like, what th- is the differentiation? Because if we're going to mm-hmm. say marriage. You know, again, not trying to play a word game, but if we're yeah, saying we're making right. some kind of committed statement till death do us part. Well,
1: we're 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 breaking that if we're only saying do not take an oath at all. We're breaking that apart from the fuller. Uh, okay, text great. There. Help me. Yeah, yeah thank so he you. He says, but, but but I say to you, do not take an oath at all, and then he goes on to say, either by heaven, for it is uh, the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is His footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great King. So that's what he's saying. Do not so, take an oath, and 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 use any of those things in backing up your
2: oath. So he's so by that statement, he's not excluding... Excluding oaths, he's, he's just, not.
1: Yeah, he's not simply saying don't don't, don't make a promise, to, right. don't make an oath, don't make a vow. He's saying don't make an oath by my name. There we go. Uh, by yeah. f- heaven, by earth, by so on and so forth.
0: Well, right? and I think it's it's interesting too because I just you know as you were reading that back, I just noticed something that he it seems to be that he's actually Jesus is actually making an argument from the greater to the lesser to really kind of drive home that point. He's like don't make a don't make an oath by heaven. That's God's throne. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that's the biggest thing we can think of and that's God's throne because what happens is is now you're leveraging God into your yeah. conversation and if you break that oath you have now actually profaned the name of God at the same time because you have you've deputized his mm. throne into your into your argument and then as he goes down he goes down to the footstool and he goes down to Jerusalem but then he ends at the at the at the at yourself don't even make a an oath by your own head, right, because right. you can't control that either, bud. Yeah. I mean, come on, yeah. right? And I think that that's really important because what he's saying is is that even the thing we think we control the most, ourselves, we we don't even have a, a, a ability to push one hour of our life,
1: and we are all made in the image of.
0: Fair point. Right. Image of
1: God. <laughs> so ultimately, it all kind of reflects on him, and and there was this idea, right, that that there you are not to swear by God, and mm-hmm. and, and and that was accepted, right, uh, by sure, by sure, Israel, sure, sure. Uh, not to do such. But then they thought, but I will swear by heaven, or I will swear by uh, earth, or I will swear by this, or I will swear by that. And, and here Christ is saying, no, no, no. If you do any of those things, you're mm-hmm. you're ultimately uh, bringing me into this. I'm right?
2: curious because of you know the whole idea of. Um, they would do it, I think the word that they used was Corbin or something like that, where they would, with their money, they wouldn't take care of their parents. They wouldn't honor their yes, parents. They would do Corbin and they'd do it unto God. And mm-hmm. then, The way I understood mm-hmm. that is it was kind of just a, a defrauding system because they would just keep the money mm-hmm. for the church, but it but then they would get it back later or something like that and just not take care of their parents. I'm wondering, and and this is purely speculative, and I don't want to make that clear. But I'm wondering if they would ever do things where it's like, well, I swore by God mm-hmm. it didn't happen, so God then didn't want it to happen. Did w- wonder if there was ever like a, a way out for them by oh. making these types of statements by things that were bigger than them. Like, wonder if that ever gave an excuse for... You know, commitments not to be kept. And again, I'm, that's speculative. I don't know.
0: I'm just. Well, I, I, but I think I'm just going to go alongside. I'm going to hop on that bandwagon because I think that's that's a great analogy because they did the whole idea of, of something belonging to God. Well, if it belongs to God, then I can't actually do anything with it. I don't have any facility. I don't have any capacity over it. So if I've if I've now anchored this promise in God and it doesn't happen, well, obviously, you know, it's a very fatalistic way of looking at the world, but I think it's definitely, I can definitely see it in the realm of possibility for, uh, for, for, for the kind of behaviors that Jesus is addressing. Because in the Sermon if, you, on the Mount.
2: if you think about our, you know, and this isn't just applicable to them in that time. I mean, it's applicable to every person at every time, our propensity to make an excuse or our propensity to blame shift or Mm -mm, to mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. figure out you know um i won't throw any any well i won't even go there but I'll just throw myself under the bus. There's been plenty of times I'm like, well, I didn't, I, you know, this, but it's like I could see it one way or the other, but I'm going to choose the way that makes me look better. And that's just kind of curious if there if there was anything along those lines. Yeah, so, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm oh.
1: looking here, D.A. D. Carson, and we've given away a few of those um, <clears throat> commentaries on Matthew 5 through 10, right? Yep. Um, but anyhow, in, in his, page 60, he's talking about in, in, the, in the Mishnah, right, explanations, it, there, there's a section where uh, it talks about explanations of when oaths are binding And when they are not binding. Okay, just just real quick do we
0: know what the Mishnah is?
1: Talk to us, Ben. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I just think if we're going to quote it we need yeah. to make sure that we know what we're doing right right so the mishnah was a was a jewish commentary a commentary of the rabbis on the scriptures and there's it's it's volumes and volumes and volumes and volumes long and the whole idea is, is that you have all these different scribes who are kind of looking into the old testament and discovering hey look this is what we think this means this is how we think this is practiced a lot of those other kind of things so it's 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 in some ways it's it's kind of allegorical to the way that we use commentaries today uh, as we study the study the scriptures.
1: Yeah, and so they they would go in and they would say this is when an oath is binding, this is when an oath is not binding. Uh these rules explain when you can get away with lying or deceit so, so and when that you can't yeah. yeah there absolutely. is some of that. Yeah, hmm. for sure. For sure.
2: So that's that's pretty fascinating because mm-hmm. like that that does sound like they're you know, again, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying it does sound like they were playing word games to
1: yeah. And, and again, we, th- we, oh, think, we, we think about each of these examples, uh, you know, I'll go back to lust for a minute and, and adultery. Well, when is it and when is it not? Well, if that person's not married, uh, then it's not adultery. It's fornication. It's still prohibited, but right, it's right. not, you know, so they didn't yeah. even play games with those kind of things. But,
2: you know, I'm going to th- throw um, something from your profession. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like ver- uh, verbal contracts, they don't hold hold a lot of weight in our law. Correct.
1: Well, it depends on uh, in the context of what. Like, for example, okay. in the context of buying land or selling land uh, in, in the state of Florida, most places it's required you have to reduce the agreement to writing in order for it to be enforceable. Uh, so if you and I simply agree, maybe a handshake uh, on that, generally that's not going to be enforceable by law.
2: And the only reason I bring that up is, again, I'm not trying to, you know, say we're but but i guess the point is is that even in today we still have i mean we we have those kind of problems so we as, have to deal with
1: absolutely it. as as an attorney going through uh law school one of the things that we always discuss always we're, we're taught uh is if you ever enter into an agreement make sure you put it in writing uh, even if even if you'd write it on a napkin make sure there's some written proof uh, have you know both parties sign that thing and then then we have an enforceable document that, that we can use at that point.
2: because at the the heart i think of this issue is just I mean, I mean, I don't mean mistrust to, or yeah, uh, yeah. dishonesty. Yeah, it's absolutely. just like, that's mm-hmm. where we're getting with this.
1: So let me, let me, um, I, I had mentioned before we started recording, there was a little experiment, social experiment that, uh, that took place. And, uh, um, let me t- let me tell you about this and then let's talk about it in this context a little bit. Okay. So basically this is what, uh, what happened, um, <clears throat> This came from Al Mohler on one of his, I don't remember if it was the briefing or if it was his other podcast, Thinking of Public. Uh, nonetheless, what they did is this. They had individuals that came in. They had two uh, sugar packets uh, that were in front of them. Uh, they had bottles, two bottles in front of them. And then they had uh, two labels in front of them, okay? And uh, what they did, each of these individuals would come in, they'd open the sugar packet, pour one into one bottle, put one into another bottle. Again, two sugar packets, okay? okay. So they know what they put in. Uh, and then they had the label there. One label uh, said sugar. The other le- label said sodium cyanide, okay? okay? So they put the label on the bottle. Uh, they closed it up. And uh, and then what they did is they, uh, they gave them uh, coffee gave them something to drink. Tea, and uh, and they uh, they watched to see which one of these bottles uh, they would use to sweeten their coffee or their tea. Um, what do you think happened?
2: Everybody used the sugar.
1: Everybody used. Well, again, everybody would have to use the sugar because that's the only thing that was. I there. thought you
2: said it was one was labeled sugar and cyanide.
1: Yeah, they were labeled sugar and cyanide. They were both the sugar. Oh, okay. Right, there was sugar in both. But there was a label that said, this is sugar. There was a label that said, this is sodium cyanide. Well,
2: I'm saying everybody would use that one. Right, right. Yeah.
1: What was labeled as label, uh, sugar. Yeah. But again, r- reason that distinction is important is because they were all sugar. Everything that they had yeah. was sugar. They had nothing but sugar. But one of them said it was sodium cyanide, even though they Not- knew it wasn't true. Nobody, not a single individual. Oh, they knew
0: it wasn't true. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, like yeah. lost here. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm like, well, why so would you walk into a room, me, see two bottles on the counter? One says cyanide, the other says sugar. Let me make let it me. a little bit
1: more clear here. It was in, uh, it was an experiment that was taking yeah, place. Got right? that part. They gave each individual two packets of sugar that clearly said sugar. They knew it was sugar. It was a regular sugar packet. Gotcha. Everybody knew what was in it. They, indiv- they in, it, Each one of them poured the sugar in one bottle and the sugar yep. in the other. They knew what they poured in. Mm-hmm. And then they took the label though that said so, uh, sugar and one said cyanide, and they put it on the two bottles. Oh,
2: so they put the label on after that. They put the label uh, on after that. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so, but still they're going to use the one so that says sugar, knew, and not the one that says cyanide. absolutely.
1: <laughs> but but again, so the question the question that was posed is: uh, Can lies uh, make a difference even when we know they're not true? Yes. Yes. But but again, I, I, again, that's you quickly said yes. Yes. But think about
0: that. No, no, no. It does it. It doesn't okay. matter. Those those lies have influence even when we know they're not true. I mean, when you look in the life of an addict, when you look in the life of somebody who's been abused, you look at all those things, you know, full, uh, those people know full well what is an addict. An, an addict is not unaware that they are an addict, right? That's absolutely 110% true. It, it, they know that it is a lie that... Their next drink of alcohol, their next hit of whatever drug that they happen to be addicted to, they know full well that it's a lie that that is going to change their life for the better, but they step right into it anyway. We do the same thing with sin, right? We know that that sin ultimately, as believers, we know that sin is separating us from God. We know that that hurts us, but we still step into it every time. We know it's a lie but it still impacts the reality that we, that, we, that we have into. So I think absolutely 100%, even if we know the truth, the lie still impacts us.
2: That was he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> you, got, you got nothing else? <laughs> well, no, I was trying to think through like another example, but that was good. Well, but you, you think, go back to the one that you gave. Like, I mean, I'm just putting it through my own lens. You could, I could say, okay, they said it. Because here's where I would go in my mind. Well, they told me it was sugar before. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, right. But now I'm seeing this. So it's like, I've got two double sugars. Now I've got one sugar and one, you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking, well, let's, let's play on the safe side. You know. So does that affect me? If Yeah, yeah, because.
1: Well, from a, from a standpoint of, um, we can think of, uh, uh, not perjury, but um, defamation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or slander. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. When somebody
1: tells a distru- an untruth about mm-hmm. somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if that person goes to court, ultimately is proven that the, 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 they were lied about. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that individual now have a stigma of whatever they were accused of oh, sure. for the rest of their life?
2: I mean, unfortunately, Absolutely. it happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Think about it in the context of um, politics. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. y- y- somebody put something that's not true on Facebook.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Even if you know that what is said there is not true, again, it's, it's unbelievable that the, the power, even in a lie, right. that it yeah. can affect the way that you uh. and impact the way that you decide whether it be to vote or behave at some point yeah. in yeah. the future.
2: That's so true.
1: So, so when we're when we're thinking in the context of oaths and vows and and, and deceit, right? I, again, I, I just really kind of elevates, and it, it should already be elevated. Yeah. It shouldn't need, you know. But uh, I think it's it's important for us to remember, like. What we say is important. Yeah, Uh, whether somebody can trust whether somebody can trust me, whether somebody can and and me as as a carrier of the gospel, right? If I'm out there regularly telling somebody untruths, Mm -hmm. uh, and then I and then I put in front of them the gospel truths, (laughs) they're less likely to accept Mm -hmm. these gospel truths that are true uh, uh, apart from me simply because I have now provided yeah no
0: 100 percent too and when you one of the struggles that that uh, we have in the christian community is is that we have uh we have i hate using the word celebrity but we have like these celebrity pastors Mm -hmm. and it's been happening for a while right but we have a celebrity pastor and they'll fall in some kind of uh, some kind of of moral failing and uh you know i had i had a a professor one time, a preaching professor one time, and he he said, you know, sometimes these things happen and it's like every pastor has a black eye for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. You know, and his his point was was that because of that high level of publicity, right, we see that that actually does injury to the integrity of everybody in the room, you know, kind of thing. And I think the same thing happens for us at all levels but just at different levels of impact as well, you know, because if we... If we fail, if we have that moral failing, it actually hurts the cause of the gospel, because now someone's going to say, "Yeah, that must be some magical gospel." If it, I mean, you can't even keep your crap together. Mm-hmm. Why? Why should I listen to anything you have to say? <laughs> that was unique.
2: That was a very emphatic ringtone you had there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Was
1: that for em- emphasis? Was that for emphasis? emphasis there. That's right. Um,
2: um, you know think about that from the other side like how when you have someone who has really had their you know their trust broken mm-hmm. you know yeah you know we're th- we're thinking about mm-hmm. it from the angle of for like you know maybe not the best way to say the innocent right. ha- slandered or yeah. you know but think on the other side of someone who's really had their trust broken and how hard it is to believe people mm-hmm. then or believe institutions or mm-hmm or, um, you know, any of those types of things, because, you know, as we were, as we've all talked before about, you know, how much abuse and how much hard, challenging things are out there in the society that we live in. It's, you know, there's a lot of people that they walk around like, yeah, I don't believe anybody. I don't trust anybody. Absolutely. and, and,
1: And you grew up in that environment, like, like you're, you're saying, um, and then you see these individuals, maybe even with some levels of success and you think to yourself, Well, I guess that's how you get through life, you know, and then you start to adopt some of those behaviors and now the cycle is, you know, unfortunately perpetuating. Yeah. Uh,
2: So that's, you know, it it just goes back to the point I think we all made relatively well earlier and that's how important it is to just be honest and tell the truth and just be a person of your word. Integrity becomes a
0: high value.
1: Sometimes, and sometimes it's hard to, it's harder to tell the truth, but it's always, it's always the uh, the best policy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. there uh, 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 honesty. That's right.
0: When all when all when all other rhetoric fails, go back mm-hmm. to cliché. Yeah. Go
1: to cliché. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. But 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 seriously, um, let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. And and I mean, have you ever had times? Where I can tell you, I have, uh, where where I'm thinking to myself, all right, something has happened. Maybe I've made a mistake. I need to own up to this mistake. Uh, I really would be easier if I just didn't own up to this mistake. Maybe I can get away with it. Maybe I don't have to say anything about it. Nope. Oh, yeah. You need to simply own up to it. <laughs> if you wait and 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 you know, well, I'll own up to it later. It's only going to get worse, right? It's yeah. only going to get mm-hmm. more difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: we're only going to procrastinate
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the okay. truth at some yeah. point down the road, right?
0: And, and generally, it gets worse the longer you procrastinate. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's very true.
2: So I don't know how much time we have left, but I'm going to flip it for the last few minutes if that's okay. Oh, let's flip. All right. Think. Let's think on the inverse. Let's think on the positive. Th- positive side of this. Oh yeah. How God keeps his promises to us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's a really, I think this text is really encouraging from the side of revealing the character of God. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm not mistaken, I wrote it down right here. And Jesus, every promise is a yes. 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 And amen. Yes. Mm -hmm. And amen. Thank you. And you think about that of how the promises of God are not dependent upon our interpretation of them, nor our feelings towards them. They're mm. dependent upon the character of God. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, so I think it's very, um, I don't know, I think it's just very refreshing to think that even in a world full of unfaithfulness yeah. and lies and broken oaths, we have a God who, who doesn't. So I think that's really cool. And,
0: and 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 not only a God who who doesn't break his promises, doesn't break his oaths, but really is looking for us as his image bearers to be the same kind of people, to be sure. the kind of people who are encouraging to the people around us, who are the kind of people who can be who are who are people of integrity so that the world can see truth and goodness and and well, I mean injustice and all the things that integrity begins to impact in the in in the life of the believer, uh, that so that as they impact. Impact the world uh, with with that interaction. They get to see the goodness of God and how He has changed that in the life of the believer. So yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and not you know not lose sight of the Sermon on the Mount. What's happening here, right? We have the God of the universe who, who put on the, the the likeness of sinful flesh, right? And here mm-hmm. He is standing in the flesh, sitting at this point. The crowds are gathered around, and, he, and 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 in that moment, with all the crowds gathered around, the best thing that He can do is teach them. Right, I'm going back to the beginning of the Sermon of the Mount. Here, he sat sure. down and he opened his mouth and he began uh, to teach them about all of his promises. He then says, "I I have come to fulfill all of these promises that mm-hmm. you're talking about." Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. and then he carried that out. He told them this at yeah. uh, the early part of his ministry, and then he lived a perfect life thereafter. Even when individuals were coming at him over and over and over, testing him, right? Mm-hmm. And he still carried out that perfectly, and uh, even you know, eventually culminating right on on the cross
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, again. And that's the God that, that we serve, right? Amen. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, if we think of, uh, the next chapter we go into, we see the Lord's prayer. Uh, we see, uh, uh you know, our father in heaven, hallowed, hallowed, right? Be uh, your name, be thy uh, name. And, uh, one, one of the things we were talking about yesterday uh, when we were, when we were uh, thinking through this is, um, again, he how much he is set apart. And it really should, and, and like you're saying, this really uh, draws a distinction between who we are in our sinful, fallen states, right? And who he is, how faithful he is. And again, even 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 as a believer, right, we are tempted to not be completely honest and not allow our yes to be yes and our no to be no, right? It, regardless of, 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 of how far along in our sanctification process, we still have that you're struggle, so, yeah. right? It's still there. Oh, it'd be easier if... Mm-hmm. I just did this. Or if I, if I didn't say uh, that. And yet, like you said, he never changes, right? He's the same mm-hmm. yesterday, today, and uh, forever. Um, that's good.
2: That's yeah. good. Yeah, and I think, you know, to Ben's point about us being that way, I think the best way that that happens is we learn more of him, you know. To, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm, I've really thought a lot about that is that so much of our teaching, like, for lack of better terms can just still be moralistic teaching with good intentions, sure. you know, it's just like, Oh, do more book, you know? And, and again, it's great people trying to say great things. And I don't mean it in a, you know, in a way that's, cause I'm, I'm guilty of it too. But the reality is the best way for this to come about is, is, you know, gaze upon Christ and let that really transform who you are. So I don't know. I just very encouraged by the fact that God does keep his promises and uh, it's just, I don't know. It just brings me a lot of joy.
1: You know, and going back to that, um, what, Ben, what you said there, I'm looking at uh, Romans 12 here, right? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present mm. your bodies as a living sacrifice, Secondary holy percent. and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And he says this, do not be conformed not to, to this, this world. world or to the patterns mm. of this world. Mm-hmm. And what are the patterns of this world it's what we've been talking about. Yeah. It's not letting our SBS, it's the
2: opposite. finding
1: a way to be yeah. deceitful, finding a way to get out of our vows, finding a way to get out of our oaths. But he says, instead, be transformed. And there's only one way to be transformed, by the renewal of your mind, that, yep. uh, that by testing, right, you may discern what is the will of God, what is a good and acceptable and perfect. And, of course, we know the way that that happens is by Amen. his word that he, is, he has preserved for us all these years. So um, any, any, um, any last-minute thoughts on this particular section, Sermon on the Mount?
0: I'm good. Yep. I think we're good, yeah.
1: Who wants to close in a word of prayer?
0: I'll do it. All right, man. All right. Let's pray. God, thank you uh, so much for the time that you have given us today just to talk and to work through your word. We're thankful for the gift of it. Father, we're thankful that you are a God who has always kept his promises uh, from beginning to end. And Lord, we just pray that you would help us to reflect that faithfulness that you have shown us, that we would be people faithful to our word, people of integrity, and that we would be uh, the kind of, of, of honest people that as we impact and engage with the world around us, that we see this light of integrity in every corner of our lives, uh, and we grow in that facet. Closer to who you are, closer to who you've designed us to be, and we begin to impact the world around us with the gospel that has so transformed us. Praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks guys. I enjoyed yep. it. Yep, enjoyed it. Thanks so much. As always, thank you for listening to People in Exile. For more information, visit the website, peopleinexile.com, and make sure to follow us on Facebook. Until next time, keep praying and seeking the welfare of your city.